Welcome to Shoot First, Talk Later, the photo shoot podcast with me, Robert Gershenson. This episode, I'm joined by Angel Orocha and Aaron McManus, a couple of gay Mormons who met at an LGBT plus Mormon support group called Affirmation. They are here to chat about the Book of Mormon, not that one, the real one. To see the photos I've shot of Angel and Aaron, head to sftl.photos. We've done the shooting, now let's do the talking. Angel and Aaron, thank you for coming on. I think the best thing to do to start is, I mean, most people probably don't know too much about the Mormon religion mm-hmm. other than Donny Osmond and the musical. So I think it'd be really cool if we just go over the the basics. Give us like, you know, the, the 101 on the Mormon religion. When when was it founded? When Because it's relatively new, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, a new it's religion. 250 years, 250 years or so. Yeah. Um, Right, it all started in America. The, the Book of Mormon, the musical, yeah. actually tells more or less the story. It started in, in, in America, in Illinois. Yes. Yeah. Um, Joseph Smith, uh, Smith was the... Joseph Smith. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Smith. Yeah, he was uh, 15 years old and he was searching for the, 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 actual, the, the right um, religion or the right church of God. But there were so many different religions that he was confused and didn't know because they all say different things. Yeah. So he said, well, I need to find which one is the true, the truth church of God. Yeah. Because none of them, none of them felt quite right for quite him. Quite right for him. Yeah. So um, what he did was he was reading the Bible one day and he found this scripture where it says, um, if, um, you know, if, when the Bible says that if you have any doubts or any questions, more or less, it doesn't exactly because I'm not... Like paraphrasing. I, can, I cannot paraphrase, yeah, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Um, if you have any questions that you can ask God directly by prayer. So he um, went away from his house to a little, what do you call it? Like a gathering, uh, a trees. In, in the trees, uh, there were some trees. A yeah. grove. Yeah. yeah. And he kneeled and he prayed. And then he got the visit of the angel Moroni, as happened on the musical. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he was told that at the moment, the true church wasn't, the true church of God wasn't in, in, on earth. And there was, he was given the, not then and there, because he was only 15, but late, years later, he was given the, the, the gold plates. The gold, gold plates where the oh, so he, was written. So it's Joseph actual, Smith, he, well, he, he prayed, he 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 wanted to ask God questions, and he was visited by what was the angel called? Well, he, he was he was first visited by yeah, um, Jesus Christ, yeah, and um, God or Heavenly Father Himself, um, and they they um, told him that the true church wasn't on the earth today, and then later on um, he was visited by Moroni, 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 Moroni. so angel Moroni. Um, and then he was visited uh, maybe three or four times over three or four years because he was very young at the time. Um, and then he was told where the gold plates were buried. And what was on the gold plates? So the gold plates were um, a collection of history of like another age. Um, in... what, what, as in like, like prehistory of before America, before? Yes. Yeah, so so this this civilization was um, started off in um, our continent, the European Asian continent, yeah, yeah. and then they moved over 
um, on boats to the American continent. And that's where they settled. And then a long time later, the gold plates were, yeah. were found the, by Joseph. So the, who, gold, who, the gold plates told the story of this, let's call it a tribe, a tribe separated yeah. from the European continent in Asia. And they went to live in America and uh, they wrote in these plates what was happening at the time. So how, how long, how many years before Joseph Smith? Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith was what, 18, about the eight, 1820? 1830s. So, yeah. so how, yeah. how much time before Joseph Smith was chatting with, with God and the angels was this happening? Oh, it's, it's a, a, long, a long time. A long time before. <laughs> they, right, okay, the Book of Mormon, <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know the Bible? At all, you have you heard the story of Babel, the 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 Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Babel, yeah. yeah, right. When the Tower, this is where the book, the, the 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 story starts. Okay. When the Tower of Babel was being built, and you know that when you got to certain high, because they wanted to get to a high to get to be able to see God. Yeah, so everyone uh, could everyone could yeah. speak the same language. Yeah, they wanted they, to build a tower. He changed. No, everybody speak the same language, but they wanted then, to build a tower to, to right, confront so, God. So God to stop that and. Change all the he languages. created all the languages, yeah. so they couldn't. Right. They couldn't understand each so other. So when that was happening, um, this uh, the the head of this family was told that the the Babel by Tower of Babel was wrong. Babel, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, he was given the the instructions to take take his family and leave. Who gave yeah. him those instructions? God. God. Okay. Yeah. Remember, this was what the, the father of the family of Nephi and yeah. so this this family moved away and then it got to they go to the coast coast and God helped them cross over and they finished in the continent of America what we call now America, to America. Okay. North America but um, so they, 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 the golden this is very like very difficult to do more than one one but what the, the story is the story of this family when they got to the continent and what happened to them and how they grow and became a different tribes in there in the in America and all that there was wars and a lot of things and they they all because they came from that part they all have the the gospel yeah that they knew until the time so they believe in God and the whole thing and they believe all that and that became what that that That's, was written onto the golden plates and that. yes. And by, that's what Joseph by, the by the different prophets and the different people in the, those tribes. Okay. So that was given to Joseph Smith. Yeah. And um, he had to go dig them up, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he 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 dug them up, and then he was helped and helped by God um, to translate them because they were in a completely different language. Do you know what language they were in? I don't. No. It was. Is it just like a super ancient language? Yeah, just sort of ancient <laughs> language. And then that was translated uh, first into English, mm -hmm. um, and he translated it into what is now uh, the Book of Mormon, yeah. and that is like the cornerstone of the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, which is the Mormon Church. And when you say Book of Mormon, you mean that the Bible, not the no. play. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the actual the actual book. The actual book. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it's called the Book of Mormon because one of the prophets, one of the last prophets that wrote on the on the plates, was called Mormon. Okay. Right. So, that's so it's all it's based. Is, yeah. is that is Mormon the family name of that family that moved from Babel or no? They they did have. It was like the the name of the prophet 
at the time that right. was writing on the on the tablets. So he sort of finished it. He finished the book. And he buried them. Yeah, he buried them. So then that's it. And then he were called that's why it's called the Book of Mormon. Why did he bury them? What was the point in that? Because um Right. <laughs> you have to read the book. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You have to read that's the a book. Good <laughs> there was there was a war and he well okay, let's let's say this. Um the tribes were one called the Nephites Help me here with English. Yeah, yeah. Nephites and Lamanites. The Lamanites. 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 Okay. And, okay. and there was always wars between them. Ones believed in God, the other ones didn't believe in God, whatever. There was wars between them. And at the time when Mormon was finishing the book, writing, uh, the La- La- Lamanites, Lamanites were um, killing all the Nephites. So mm-hmm. he knew he was going to lose and the Nephites were going to die. So there was not going to be any records. So he was giving destruction to bury them. So that's what he did. Because he was one of the last of that whole, all the generations in that tribe. So he was told to bury them. um, And then one day they will be found by the the right person. So they laid low. And then God decided now is the time. There's a kid there having the chat with me. I'm going to go get him (laughs) to dig them up. Yes. And he's going to transcribe them into a book. And we're going to kickstart this Mormon thing again. Yes. Yes. And then the the true church would be then be on the earth again. With it, truth. Um, the Book of Mormon. If you if you look at the Book of Mormon, it says the the actual book. The actual book. The actual book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. We have to keep right. saying either the actual <laughs> yeah. book or the okay. plates. No, the, the plates we call the golden plates. We don't call the the golden plates. I'm not called the Book of Mormon. That's the golden plates. The Book of Mormon. When we talk about the Book of Mormon, it's the actual translation. Okay. Right. So in the Book of Mormon, it says, Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ, right? This is something that people get confused, okay? We do believe in the Bible. We follow the Bible. And we complement the Bible with the Book of Mormon. Okay. Because it's another testament of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't replace the Bible, but it complements the Bible. So you've got got three books or four books. So you've got the Old Testament, the New Testament, your version, and then... A couple of other books written by yeah, Joseph because, Smith. We've, we've got the Doctrine and Covenants, yeah. which is um, like the early history of the church, mm-hmm. um, and the Book of Mormon. So yes, there's, yeah, there's so the it's, four, it's four, four, books in, four books and we usually have them in one yeah. very big book. Um, yeah. Pearl of Great Price. Pearl of, Pearl of Great Price. Is yes. that another one? That's another. Yeah. So there's so yeah. there's Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Uh, Doctrine of Covenant and Covenant and yeah. Pearl of Great Price. Yeah. That's right. Because as when the, when the new when, you know when the church the actual the, the truth church was restoring in, in the earth. I'm sorry. When the truth true church yeah. was restoring the earth. All right. So yeah. Through, through Joseph Smith, um, God have to give them instructions um, of what was expected of them, and because there was you know they need to know what what to do and what was the right thing to do. Yes. So that's what is covering the. Um, Doctrine and Covenants. Covenants. Yeah. So, for, for example, in those Doctrine and Covenants, um, the early members of the church um, kept coming across things where they asked the prophet, which was Joseph Smith, what do we do about this? And then when he received an answer from God, that was one of the sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. Right. So, for example, Word of Wisdom, um, Mormons don't smoke, they don't drink alcohol, don't drink tea or coffee. Um, so that all came in in one of the 
sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. And that is called the Word of Wisdom and it's, you know, to look after your body. And so that sort of clarified because there was a lot of people in the meetings like chewing tobacco, um, drinking tea, coffee, drinking tea, alcohol, alcohol even. But then, so people were asking, is this right? Is this what we should be doing? And that's when Joseph Smith asked God, um, please give me revelation for this particular area. And that is a section of the Doctrine and Covenants. So that happened all the way through the early church when, yeah. when things came up. So now, in modern times, the Mormon religion is, is based out of Utah, isn't it? Is that, that's it, almost it, like your Jerusalem. It's where it started, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's like the headquarters of the yeah. church. Is that where the golden plates are now? Uh, okay. The golden plates were uh, taken away. Taken away? Yeah. When, when the, the book was translated... Um, in the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Smith said, I needed the golden place to prove yeah. that the book, is, the book is, true. is true. And the answer that he received was, well, um, any people that want to follow God needs to do it by faith. So they, the place were taken by, was Moroni who took, took the place? They took, he took the place. Who took the place, sorry? Moroni. Angel Moroni. Angel oh, the, Moroni. Mo, right, the angel. I never call him Angel Moroni. Anyway, <laughs> we are pals. You're on, you're on first name terms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I'm from Spain. Yeah. So I, I noticed an accent. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, when we talk about things about the church, I, I, I left the church when I was still in Spain. Yes. So I do, most of the terms in English and the names and all that are very different. You know, like they're, they're pronounced differently. We never, in Spain, we never say Angel Moroni, we just say Moroni. But in England, you say I'd Angel, say Angel, Angel Moroni, Moroni, yeah. You yeah. never refer to M- Moroni. Moroni. No, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't sound right. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Angel Moroni yeah. took those plates. Where did he or she put them? It's we just, don't just, know. We don't know. So they're, they're lost, never coming back. No. no. The idea is that uh, when you're giving a Book of Mormon, uh, one of the cornerstones of the church is that communication between you and God is personal and you don't need any, somebody in between to, to talk to God. Yeah. So one of the things um, when I did my mission years and years ago. That's when uh, you go off for a year or two. We go, we go for, it, for two years, chat to people, knocking doors. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea, what the idea is, is that we want to give people the Book of Mormon uh, teach them about the church if they want to know about the church. And then we always teach people and tell people that they don't have to believe whatever we say. They can ask the question themselves and they will receive an answer. Where would they us. receive the answer from? From God. Themselves. In, in, what, in what respect, though? Uh, like, if, if, I, if, if you guys were to give me the Book of Mormon yeah. and tickets because i did like the show and i want to go see it again okay. but if you gave me the book of mormon yeah and then i was having a bit of old you know a bit of a read and then i was having a bit of trouble thinking i'm not too sure on this bit who how obviously like you you say i should ask god how do i ask god and then how do i know i'm going to get an answer back okay so so like missionaries on on the street or um you know members of the church will give out a book of mormon and they'll say read the book of mormon and then pray to God in in any way you know how or want to at that stage. And then you will receive an answer whether it is truth or not truth. And that, that answer can come in many different ways. So it could be a feeling. It could be like the burning in the bosom, which is talked about in, in a lot of religions. So if it, if it just feels good, then that's how people 
determine it's true. So, so I think for everybody, it's slightly different. Um, you know, some people, it is just feelings or it is just, just I, I don't know. the way they feel. How do you feel about that? The thing is, that when, you, when you meet members of the church, they give the, the testimony, we call it a testimony, about how they got, they, they, they knew that the Book of Mormon was true. A lot of people, they tell very different stories. Some people go and answer by, as Aaron says, by having feelings about it. Other people have answers like um, something happened in their life that proved that the book was true. Um, it's a lot of different things. The only thing I can tell, I can talk about is my experience. I'm a converted to the church. I converted when I was 18. So you weren't born into it? No. I converted... Um, you you were born into it? I was, yeah. Okay, was we'll come back to you in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so as I converted, I was I met the missionaries while okay. I was in university. I was 18. You were in, uh, in, at uni in Spain? Yeah, I yeah. was in Gran Canaria, yeah. Oh. And um, um, we, they, they came knocking on the door and they say, can we have a chat with you about it? I always been religious. I always believe in God. Um, I was born Catholic, but I wasn't in the church anymore. I didn't follow the Catholic because I didn't didn't convince me anymore about it. Okay. But anyway, I they gave me the Book of Mormon. Uh, we have a talk that, and I read the Book of Mormon. I read the Book of Mormon in about three days. Oh wow! Cover to cover. It's a page turner. I got yeah. It's very good. As I was reading it, I was um, finding a lot of things that it, that um, were very similar that things that you read in the Bible, but at the same time, it was a little bit more clear. It was like, it wasn't confusing. Well, like when you read the Bible, sometimes it's a bit like, I don't understand what he's trying to say. Yeah. This is that because of the language used or just the message is mixed? It's, it's sometimes, um, the, I think the, the, the language in the Book of Mormon is a little bit more modern yeah. when it was written. Mm -hmm. So it, but it, used, it still uses the thou and the, the, the yeah, and all that. These and thou. But it, when it was translated to Spanish, they didn't translate it with the D and the thou. They translated it with more sort of modern slang modern modern not slang but like modern language Spanish yeah so you don't get but so it's more accessible yeah I found it I found it a, a lot easier then um, it was a, a very alien concept for me when the more, the missionaries told me that you have to pray why well, have you not been praying before um, Catholics don't pray they go oh, really? to church but they usually don't get told to pray the only prayer they know is the pat, paternoster you know the I'm, I'm no, of Jewish Catholic. origin. Anyway, I have a clue anyway, about Catholics. Anyway, yeah, no. Um, with the Catholic Church, if you want to talk to God, you talk to the priest. And right, oh, there's a middleman. Okay. Yeah, there's a middleman. So you need an agent. Right. So it was to be okay. alien. So I, I asked the question that you asked. How do you ask? You know, and they said, well, do you ask whichever way you want to do it? Because God will listen to you whatever way you want to say. You can call him mate. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. Yeah. It's your God. So just talk to him whichever way you want to do it. And uh, the only thing I can say is I prayed and ask about the book. And as I was praying, I felt this overwhelming feeling inside of me. It was like, um, like I was asking something that I knew already the answer of. What were you asking? I was asking if the Book of Mormon was real or it was all an invention of Joseph okay. Smith. And I felt like, yes, that's, you know, like I felt that the Book of Mormon was real, that was true. And it, it was that, another testament of Jesus Christ. It was, um, for me, the Book of Mormon helped me to to say, yeah, I know Jesus Christ was in the earth, and he did this, and he, died, and he was the, God, the Son of God. And the, the Book of Mormon was, for me, like another testament. How long did it take for that feeling, for that confirmation to, to hit you? I, I, was studying, I studied with the missionaries about two weeks. 
and I baptized about three months later. <laughs> oh, wow. So you were fast-tracked. I wasn't fast-tracked. Everybody takes the time, but the thing is, I have such a strong testimony when I pray about the Book of Mormon yeah. that when the, the missionaries started teaching me about the other things of the church, um, I knew they were true. I knew they were true. And if I had any questions, like, you know, you, you're not sure about certain things, you can ask the missionaries and they will explain the whole thing. But... I'm, okay, I'm simplifying the process here, but what it is is based on on people praying to God. Of course, you can pray and you cannot get an answer, or you can get the answer saying no, it's not true. I don't know. It's 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 personal, so only you will be able to tell where it's coming from the answer. And... But you don't hear the voice of God, so no. it's not like you feel no. someone whispering in your ear or no. actually hearing. So what? Why some, Why is it only a feeling? Why is it not no, some, the voice? Some members have tes- testimonies where they hear a voice. A voice. Um, there's some members where they have seen things. Do you believe them? Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as someone who, who walked away from any kind of religion mm-hmm. a while ago, I've always found it very difficult to... I don't have blind faith is a really good way of putting it. I always yeah. need proof. So I would need to see the golden plates. I would need to hear the voice of God yeah. Yeah. in my ear saying, Hi, Robert, you're right. right. The book is true. Yeah. I wrote but, it. Yeah, I think it will go back to where, what it was that I always said. It's, it's all based on faith. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen the manuscripts where the Bible was written either, have you? No, and that's why I, right. I don't... I don't. Right. You know, I, yeah. I, was, I was raised... Yeah in the Jewish religion, but I am now okay. yeah. just me. So, I, am, I don't believe in any of it because yeah, so I have no proof. A lot of people say to us, but you don't have the golden place. So how do you prove it? It's like, well, you don't have, you haven't seen the, where the, yeah, like the Bible Yeah, like no one knows where the Torah came from. Either, but no you one still knows believe. where the Quran came yeah. from, but they, so it's blind faith. And, it's all yeah. to do with, uh, yeah, it's having faith because none of us, I don't think, in this room have seen God or Jesus Christ mm-hmm. or have had a vision. But you know uh, people that have. I wouldn't say... I don't know. It's a personal experience, but I wouldn't say it's a vision. Like, would they, no, I don't know anybody that has said to me, "Oh, yes, I saw God telling me blah blah." Yeah. Not, not like that. But I have, I have heard people saying, you know, like, I saw someone or something telling me that it was true. And I think, I think you go go through your life, especially myself being brought up in the church. So, so from day one, I was, um, you know, I went through, I went right through the whole church program to where I am today. So uh, when I was younger, I was in what was called primary. So that's from like age one to, to 12 and then the youth program and then the young adults and things like that. So through that church program, you sort of, you obviously taught about the Bible and the Book of Mormon and, um, and the stories sound, you know, quite exciting when you're in the younger age and then get more, more you know, um, detailed and things as you grow up. So you sort of you sort of learn your own feelings and your own thoughts. So when you, when you feel a certain thing, you recognize that that is, you know, that could be coming from God instead of like maybe your own thought or feeling. So you sort of learn to um, work out which is which. Um, and I think with a lot of different people within the church, that is, it, as Angel said, it's very personal to them. So some people will will see things. They'll have a dream. They'll they will hear a whisper in their ear. But for me, it's always been 
a feeling. It's always been, and now I, I recognize what that feeling is. Growing up in the church, has there ever been a point where you thought this isn't for me? Because I've always wondered, kids that are born into religion, you know, Angel, you chose to to convert to to Mormonism. But Aaron, you were born into it. So as a cynical man as I am, (laughs) I would say that you never had a chance. You know, I've got religious kids in my family and they were born into it. So for them, that's that's their normal way of life. They would never, ever consider going against the rules. Yes. So growing up, I would say until I went to high school, so the age of 12, I lived a very sheltered life. Um, I didn't really know what went on in the real world. Um, my primary school was not was not a religious primary school. They did they did what a lot of primary schools do, you know, the Lord's Prayer, you know, touching on religion, but it wasn't a religious school. Just generally a state yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. But very sheltered school, so I hadn't I didn't hear a swear word until high school. It was you know it was very much sheltered. And, Is this in near Liverpool? Yes, in the Southport area. Um, and all I was going, I, I had a wonderful upbringing. Um, my, my childhood has fantastic memories. So I was, I was at home with my mom and dad and the rest of the family. And I was at church and I was at school. They were my three areas. Okay. So within that area, I knew nothing else. And it was, you know, kept very lovely, very, very sheltered. But when I went to high school, it was like, bang, you're in high school now. And I was hearing all sorts of things and it was like what just like swear words and talking just talking about stuff that i'd never heard about before um you know i had no idea what gay was i didn't know i didn't know anything at all so that was quite a, a turning point for me and that was very hard because i was the only religious boy in an all boys school mm-hmm. oh you went to an all boys school i did okay was it boarding school no, no, no. It was it was just a, again a state school. Okay, but that was really difficult. So through that five years of high school, that it was like a life changing thing for me, um, and I had to make decisions through that time because I was offered alcohol. I was asked, uh, you know, about my sex life and all that type of stuff, and I I either had to to lie to fit in with the the crowd, or well, you told them you drank and. Yeah, and yeah. um, on on occasion, but mostly I stuck I stuck to my guns, and you know I wasn't allowed to date until I was sixteen, within the the rules of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't drink, I didn't swear, so I was like a, a target. I, I you know I was bullied a lot, um, and there was a point in that through that time in high school where I thought, is this worth it? Is it worth being a Mormon to go through all this pain and this? Um, bullying but when I got through that I was glad that I did and then as soon as high school finished in my teenage years I got to the point where I had to make a decision because I'd I'd sort of lived off my mom and dad's teachings and what the church taught me I, I wasn't independent in religion I wasn't independent with my own spirituality and I needed to find that um and you know I I explored I I tried to work out which direction I wanted to go in. But it got to a point, probably around maybe 17, 18, where I thought, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to carry on with this because I actually like it. Um, I hadn't told anyone I was um, gay by then, 
but that at that point I was this is the direction I want to go I want to stay in the church um I don't want to drink I don't want to smoke I, I don't swear you know things like that and you you still don't drink I don't and well it's good not to smoke <laughs> <laughs> but you don't swear no no so I've, I've actually never drank any alcohol I've never sworn in my life um and now at the age of like 33 I'm just going to carry on doing that now because <laughs> it's been, you know, I've done it for such a long time and I'm quite happy. So you said when you went to high school, you hadn't even heard of the, the concept of being gay. Yes. So when, when did that start creeping in your head? When did you start thinking that so, could be me? So when I got to that point of high school, I, I just didn't know two guys could be together, two women could be together. Um, I'd just never heard of any of that at all. Um, and looking back now, I can see even through primary school, I was different. But at the time, I was so innocent that I had, I just had no idea. There was no way to, to vocalize yeah. or even recognize Absolutely. what that was. So even though I was... I think, I think that's a similar experience even outside of the Mormon church. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. But it was, I remember a conversation I had with my dad. Um, I think he, he saw I was struggling in the first weeks of high school even. So he went through all the words, all, of, all the swear words, everything. So at least I knew what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very handy. And gay was one of them. He was like, you know, in my generation, gay meant happy. But it really doesn't mean that anymore. It's, you know, this is what it meant. And that was like, oh, wow. I, you know, I just, it just blew my mind. And then the years afterwards, it all, everything was fitting into place. And I was like, okay, this is me, but it can't be me because the, in the church, there's, there's no one who's gay in the church and I'm not allowed to do that. And so I, you, you suppress that feeling and I pushed it down as far as I possibly could. Is that a similar for you when, when you well, realized you were gay? My experience is I, I knew that I was different when I was about 12. Okay. Um, I knew where gay was because of my friends when I was in high school. Uh, we had a, another friend, male friend, um, and he was a little bit more feminine. And the guys were very nasty to him and all that. So I didn't want to be that guy that was getting bullied yeah. or, or being, you know, like being nasty because he was a bit different. So I mimic their behavior. I tried to, but I knew that I was gay. When I made the church, I was 18 years old. And I wanted to change because for me, it was always about, I'm not that person. I'm not a gay. I'm not gay. Oh, so you knew in, you already yeah, knew yeah. in your head. You but just I, I thought um, when I got my testimony of the Book of Mormon and I listened to all the things that the church was teaching, the missionaries was teaching, and they, they teach me about the, the plan of God. The God's plan, What's where called? where more or less it's like okay, there is a plan where you you learn certain things and that, and then you get married, you have kids, you get sealed in the temple. We're not going to get into that, but anyway, oh, this is plan. It's interesting. It's we all, we should get about, into that. It's, a, it's, all about, <laughs> it's all about marriage and all that. So I thought, okay, because this is the true church, this church is going to help me change. It's going to make me what I thought at the time was normal being normal because I was I felt that I was abnormal that I wasn't right so you you so the reason you kind of fast-tracked yourself through the Mormon church is because you felt like it was going to yeah, take away I your have, gayness yeah I tried 
everything before I went out with girls and I did a lot of things and these feelings kept coming back and I knew that I was different and I didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to lose my family. I didn't want to lose my friends. I just didn't want to be gay. I just, I completely refused to be gay. So well, your parents were religious. Uh, I know they were Catholic. They were, were they Catholic, religious? but no, no religious. My mom was, my mom was a catechism teacher. Yeah, she used to teach kids before to do the first communion okay. in the Catholic Church. I used to go with, to church with her and all that. And I, from a very early age, I always believe in Jesus Christ and always believe in God. And that's always been with me. Okay. That's not, this doesn't change. But I thought this will help me change because it's God. I'm talking to God now. I got, you know, it's, I found the truth so I can change in the church can help me change. So I didn't baptize because I thought I was going to change. I I understood that after I left, that that's one of the reasons why maybe I joined, was because I thought having this good influence in my life and all these people that are going to help me to change and to be normal. So, But I still kept it secret. I didn't tell the missionaries that I had feelings for other men sometimes. I never told anyone that I was gay and my experience in the church was a very good experience i had beautiful experiences with people of the church and the whole thing um but of course what happens when you start repressing your feelings is they come out yeah you can repress yeah. them and try to fight them as much as you can but they come out and um that's more or less what happened with with me in the church it got to a point where i couldn't hide it anymore uh, i got to a point where i couldn't even function because I wanted to be something that I wasn't. Yeah. Um, it got to a point where I had to make a choice. It was either stay in the church, be unhappy, and not being able to be myself, trying to change something that I knew that I got to. I got to the point where I suppose you, you grow up and you start maturing, you start. Your priorities change. Yeah, I just start thinking about yourself a little bit and thinking, well, I've been fighting since this, since I was 12. And it hasn't changed. And I'm now 23. And it hasn't changed. And I've been fighting since I was 12. So I've been repressing myself for so long. And it got to a point where I said, you know what? I think I need to walk this road. I did pray because I'm, I'm a believer. So I did pray and I asked um, my father in heaven, what do I need to do? Do I need to stay in the church? What What is the, the, the right way for me? Because the church was giving me options that were making me really unhappy. I was in a very, very what were, what dark were the, place. What were the options? When you say the church, do you mean right. God was giving the options? Well, or the, the, options, the options with the church at the time, right? Uh, I'm talking about here about over 20 years ago, okay. right? So that we, Aaron and I are different ages. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit older. You're, you're 18 and... <laughs> yeah, and he's about he's 13. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, anyway, so... I'm talking about 20, 25 years. The church has changed the views, but at the time when I was in the church, uh, being gay was a sin. Right. right. You cannot be gay because it's a sin. So what, and what? What will happen what is would happen, yeah. what will happen is if you're if you're gay and they find out, then you will be uh, disciplined. What is called a disciplinary, right? Where they will just try to tell you that you know you cannot be that. You have to repent and you have to go through a certain things like repent and prayer and all that and um it's excruciating it's really tiring doing it i did it and it was doing it because it was difficult to do um so the option was 
you cannot be gay, so you, you will be cured and, and all that. But I was in Lanzarote, a very small island, so I didn't have the, the options that all the members in America had with the therapy and the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, so I, they said, did you, say, did you say, they said you will be cured? No, they never said that. Okay. They never God. said that. They Maybe said, they said, said um, we can help you yeah. with this because it's not normal, it's not natural, it's something. It's, at the time, they used to say they was I was sick. Okay. It was something in my head. I was sick. And this is what they were saying to and you they, or you yeah, just saying this is the general? They did, no, that's what the church at the time believed. They believed okay. that right. you weren't born gay, you were made gay. Right? It wasn't something that you were born, it's something that you learn. Oh, I right? see. Right, so it's they came behavior. from that, yeah, behavior right. kind of thing. Um, I don't know where I learned it because I never saw a gay person before in my life. Yeah. But I, I learned it from somewhere. Anyway, so they gave me all these options and I did all the things that they asked me to do and it was very difficult. So I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore, but I really didn't want to leave the church. So I pray and I ask God, what do I need to do? What, what do you want me to do? Do I need to stay? Do I, what do I do? Because I was getting to a very dark place where suicide was getting in my head. Oh, Christ. So, and I didn't want to go that way. Yeah. So I pray. And what I felt was, this is my personal experience. What I felt was something like, I love you. I love you for who you are, how you are. And if the church is not, the thing that you need at the moment, you can step out, you can leave. So that was it. I left. And so you never were... came back. <laughs> <laughs> so how many years ago was that? That was 20. I was, I left when I was uh, 23 and I'm 46 now. So you get okay, 23, so years years ago. 23 years ago. Okay. So you only in the church for quite a short time. I three was years. seven, seven years. Seven years? Yeah. Oh, so 18, you... 18, 19, 20, 20, Yeah, between five, no, five years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I did my mission. And I, I was in the church about two years, and then I did my mission for another two years. And then I came back from my mission, and I in, in left the church about six months later. Once you had left the church, mm -hmm. what did you do? Right. When I left the church, I went to my ward president. We call it ward president. It's like a minister. It's like it's not a minister. It's like the person in charge of the ward. Okay. Right. When you say ward, what do you mean? It's like the local congregation. Yeah. Local right. Okay. Because it makes it sound like you're in the hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I went there and I told him I'm leaving the church. And he asked me why. So I said, because I'm, and this was the first time ever that I told another person because I am gay. I have never said it before. But uh, you've never said it out loud. No, no? never, never. No, I, I still kept it hidden from my family for a longer yeah but, but from the members of the church it was because i felt that that was the right thing to do so because i knew that it was the right thing to do i wasn't scared to go there and say because god it. had told you yeah yeah so i told i told them that i was leaving because i was gay and they said you know the door is open anytime you want to come back and you know and uh when they told them that i didn't want visits because you can ask for people to visit you, members or missionaries to come to visit you to see how well, you are. So I said, I don't want visit, visits. And um, what I did was I converted when I was 18. I had a life before with my friends and all that. And I still had my friends from during the Mormon period. And then what I did was I went back to my own self kind of way. Um, it was difficult because I was more involved in religion with, with the Mormonism, you know. Yeah. 
And I, then I went back and all of a sudden, if in the church, I was hiding my gay side. When I left the church, I had to guide my Mormon hide my Mormon side. <laughs> so it's like one extreme to the other. Yeah, because you know the gay community doesn't like God very much. Yeah, there is. So a, they said it's yeah. chalk and cheese. Yes. So um, then I went the other way, and uh, but that was that was easier because I was being myself. Yeah. So. You're I, out. You're yeah, out. You're I, out I, kept, I, I kept God and the teachings and all that. I kept believing in the Mormon church, but I knew I couldn't be there because it was a toxic place for me. I couldn't be there at the time. Yeah. So I left and I became a 100% gay person. <laughs> <laughs> and I did all the things that I was supposed to be doing. But I thought that was my journey. That was the road that God has told me. Just go that road and see what happens. So what, what are we talking when you say you did all the things you were supposed to do? Well, um, I started dating. Blokes. Yes. Yeah. Started having sex. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, um, because I was with the um, friends and all that, they all drink. So I started drinking again and I started smoking again. And um, yeah, but I did it. I did all those things um, to fit in. Because my, to fit in with your, your gay friends. With my gay friends. The problem was, my problem with me is always been that always um, family and friends are important to me. And um, I, I suppose I'm scared of being judged. Scared of being judged? Yeah, for, you know, one thing like that. So I was very scared of being judged just because I was gay. I was different. But then I was scared to be judged because I was religious. Okay. Right? And call it religious nut. Because that was the first thing that they used to say, yeah. uh, you know, because you're a religious now. So I stopped talking about the church. And to 15, I never told anybody that I was Mormon. I never told anybody that I believe in God. Unless the conversation came up and they asked me, are you Catholic then? But I know I'm, I'm Mormon. So it's, it's that you, you adapt yourself to your environment. But it was very difficult for me because um, I believe in God and all that. And I believe in the Mormon church. But... I'm supposed to protect myself. I just put it on the back burner. I just get on with life and learn to behave in a certain way that was acceptable in the gay community. But it, it, it must be very difficult because when you're with, with the Mormons, you can't talk about being gay. Yeah. When you're with the gays, you can't talk about being Mormon. So when do you get to a point where everything, all the, all the parts are crossing and then yeah. you're perfectly fine talking with the gays about being Mormon and the Mormons about being gay. It wasn't until I found other gay Mormons. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was where, where we're doing this is because of affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. And we will talk about affirmation later. We're going to come on to that. Um, that was the point where I was able to bring both sides together because if I talk to another Mormon about my feelings as a Mormon, like I talk about uh, my testimony about the Book of Mormon and the feelings that I felt, a Mormon will say, I know what you mean. Another person from outside, another gay person or another straight person will look at me funny like, okay, I think you're going to be nuts. <laughs> so you know what you've, I mean? got, you've got allies, you've got people in the house yeah. who understand yeah. what you mean to because they yeah. are in the same both, boat Both as ways, you. but at the same time, they understand how I feel by being gay and belief in the church. So it was finding people that actually has going or have gone or is going through the same thing that you went through. Mm. And it was an eye-opener. It was easy. Not easy, but it was like, actually, I can be both. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to do now. Trying to be gay and religious at the same time. 
But you're still in the church, Aaron, aren't you? Yes. So how do you, how do you like mix and match the the two sides? Like when you came out, what what was that process like? So it was interesting when you were saying before about you know having having your gay side, having your Mormon side, and where they both crossed. So as as I suppressed those feelings, I thought, right, I'm going to give it a go because I wanted to stay in the church. I was quite happy there, so I needed to fit in. So I threw myself into church service. So I gave as much time as I could to the church. Um, I had responsibilities in the church. I organized events. I just, I, I probably did that for about five or six years um, and just, just kept going day after day, year after year in the church. And hoping that, you know, the feelings would go away because I'm, I'm giving all this time, this energy into the church. I dated girls because that was the thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was just trying. I was trying my best because as Angel says, you've got a path in front of you that's set out. So you, um, you, you find a, a girl to marry, you get married, you have children, you, you know, it's, it's, it's all set out there for you. So, um, so I did, I dated a girl, um, and that was actually the point where things started to get very real for me because I couldn't show this, this person that I really liked and was such a good friend to me and, and still is that I couldn't show her any affection. So she was feeling hurt. Um, and because I wasn't giving anything back. So she, she, was wonder, she was wondering what was wrong with her. Um, you know, is there something she could do? And I was like, ah. And that was the point where I was thinking, I'm hurting this person for almost my own gain because I'm just trying to get through this. But, but you didn't know you were gay then, did you? So, I did. You knew. Yes, you knew. But okay. nobody Sorry, else Sorry, I meant I thought maybe you didn't know. Oh, no, I knew. No, you, I you knew, knew then. So I, I was just trying my hardest. Okay. To, to not be at that time. But as soon as I had that girlfriend, um, that was just like, this isn't going to work. This is not, this is not happening. So that was the first time I told somebody. I didn't tell her straight away, but that was when I told my mom and dad and my church leader. At the same time or who was first, mom and dad? Uh, mom and dad was first. Dad was, um, dad, I've got something to tell you. Can I tell you when we get up tomorrow? He was like, no, just tell me now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh. um, so I told him. How old were you? Um, oh, it, was like, it was like 10 years ago. So uh, I was probably about 23, 23, okay. 24. And what was his reaction? His reaction was, was very good. He, he already knew. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mom, oh, well, he taught you the word gay anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. But mum and dad had known for, for many, many years. Um, and they were what just... gave it away? I think um, just just the classic, <laughs> the classic things. Um, uh, little things like um, when I was 12 for my birthday, I asked my dad to build me a flower shop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and um, just, just, you know, little things like that. And m me and my brother are very different. My yeah. brother is like a, uh, you know, like a very, he was always into the cars and the, all that stuff. Mask for mask. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was just the complete opposite. Um, so, so they'd sort of worked it out. And even though I was dating girls, they could, they could, just tell parents so, know it's like yeah, a gut oh, feeling absolutely i mean when my granddad found out he said yeah i knew i'd known since you were five so if i did they told like, you i know it's like <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> but um but 
that was that was the starting point for a whole new journey for me then and at that point my my path had gone because I was like I can't follow this path within the church I what, can't when you say the path what do you mean the idea so that the, you you find a girl yeah, yeah you make more little Mormons and then they yeah. go off and make more little <laughs> Mormons because because that's it's sort of what was expected of you and like angels served the mission um, which is the two-year um period but I didn't because I didn't think I could I thought if I went through that process of preparing to go for a mission, it's going to come out. It's going to come out some way. If I go on a mission and spend 24-7 with a guy, you know, something's going to happen. And it yeah. does come out. It does. <laughs> so just, just to clarify, a mission is when you go on like a gap year or two years, you go around yeah. there, so you knock on yeah. the doors. And, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you go two years, you, you preach the gospel. Um, yeah. there, there were quite strict rules and regulations yeah. for that. And I knew that I just couldn't do that so I made up loads of excuses my health um I just made up all sorts of things until I, until I was at the age where I couldn't go anymore <laughs> what's the the cut off age it's around like early 20s 24 25, 25 yeah well they like consider you got too old to prove so, yeah because <laughs> so, you're supposed to go when you're 18 19 okay and um, so I got past that point but that path had gone mission married I had no path anymore so I had to find a new one um, and that was the point where my journey started, where I wanted to be gay and Mormon. People told me that I couldn't. I had to choose one or the other. Who was telling you that? Just people within the church, my, my local leadership. Um, because at that point, uh, you, you go to your local leaders for help. Yeah. So uh, help and advice. And they do give you help and advice. At the time, I was the first gay person to go to my local leader. So he was... A little bit panicked he didn't really know what to say he didn't really want to know what to do um and i mean and then there was a leader that i worked with for like seven years and he's he's we've been on a journey together so we both learned together and things yeah. like that but but i was so determined i was like i want to be gay and mormon there must be a way of bringing the two together so over those years i just carried on in church slowly but surely people you know started to know um, my local congregation started to know. Um, I brought a guy to church <laughs> um, th- when I when I was dating um, guys. Was uh, he Mormon? No, he wasn't. That was uh, one of my first boyfriends. He he wasn't Mormon, and that was very interesting too. Where did you meet him? Uh, we just met through a mutual friend. Okay, um, and it it was it was interesting. It was a little bit hard sometimes because um, a lot of people couldn't understand why I wanted to stay in an organization that didn't there was no path for me they didn't not want want me is probably a bit strong but yeah it's more it's, like it's, why do you want to stay in an organization that doesn't um, accept you maybe doesn't accept yeah. you as you are and they want you to change and be something that you cannot be yeah kind of thing yeah. yeah so a lot of people just didn't understand that so I was getting people in the church I don't understand no I do it's an interest so hopefully we'll get there (laughs) but I had people in the church saying why are you doing this I had people outside the church saying why was it it like an an anger from within the church or were they just confused like why are you doing this it was very interesting the the first time people really started to know and it was getting public and they were like um you're not gonna go out drinking are you now and you're not gonna do this you're not gonna do that I was like it doesn't come as a package yeah. <laughs> you know <I> just <laughs> yeah. you know this is this is but then there was others in the church who had known me since I was zero 
and they they got it straight away because you wanted the flower shop yeah that's <laughs> exactly but i was the same person yeah. so so they knew me before they knew i was gay and they knew me after so they were like oh but it's still aaron yeah you know so that so i, I it was a very difficult time because i was getting all these um things thrown at me from different sides within the church without the church and i was like i'm stuck in the middle almost here um of the journey that i'm trying to do trying to bring the two together and that that was it was very difficult how did you find your 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 new journey your new your new way of of having a life outside of the meet a girl get married make more mormons and and have that process go on i think i had to i had to let a few things go um so i had to let the fact that i was never going to marry a woman go and that that's quite hard when you you've been taught that your whole life uh, up until that point so i had to let that go um i had to maybe let a few of my church responsibilities go so i couldn't necessarily be in church leadership why not um, to be to be seen as a leader in the church and to have a boyfriend as a guy um would be it, it would it would be hard for the church to do because it would be almost like they're promoting it that you know that's okay to do but they worked with me so they instead of leadership maybe which is considered more of a like a spirit a spiritual level they put me as the the person who was in charge of the events you know i directed a musical within the church and things like that so it was still a very public role and everyone knew i was gay but i was you know still had a responsibility within the church but, but you're kept slightly distant from the roles that you would have had access to yes so, if you were so be, be, before i came out as gay and even when i came out as gay it was all it was the fact that i had a boyfriend that's when it changed so before that i did have leadership roles i, I looked after the young adults in the area um, i was the leader of them and um, I was the one who looked after the clerk in the local area too. Mm. And so things like that. But after, as soon as the, the relationship started, then that's when things started to change. Um, and my responsibilities evolved into different areas. But is that hard to deal with, the fact that you are going down a particular path that feels right for you, yes. but they are keeping you at a slight distance? Yeah, that, that, that can be difficult. Um, and I think it takes time to maybe get used to it. Um, and again, people wonder, well, why, why, why are you doing that? Um, and I just, I just wanted it to work so badly that I, I accepted that. Why do you want it to work? What is it about the church that you, you feel you have to stay? Can you not do what Angel's done and keep all the same rules that you want to keep and the, the... The, the the doctrine and the, the beliefs but step away and and so be completely open yeah so so there's, there's a few reasons one i have to admit that i genuinely enjoy going to church um and this this will vary for so many people because if you think about every like say there was say there was a local congregation in every town in the world which there, there isn't but each congregation is going to be very different because you've got different people, different culture, different country. But my local congregation, you know, I've grown up there. It's, it's, my, it's my little community. So I, I enjoy going to that. I enjoy going to church for the social, social side of it as well. And to, there's, there's an hour of the, 
the um, Sunday where you sit and listen to people talk and you, you sing hymns. And I enjoy that hour of just peace and reflection. And I genuinely enjoy that. Um, and the feelings I've had over the years sort of confirmed to me that, you know, there is a God. Um, I don't I don't agree with everything that goes on within the church. Um, and I, I, I have belief in certain areas of the church. So that keeps me going too. Well, things don't you agree with? <laughs> that's a very good question there were there were certain certain thank you <laughs> there are certain policies that are out there and um certain rules and things which are not necessarily the the doctrine of the church okay so the thing things that change with time that at this moment that i don't necessarily agree with um what well, things they've they've reintroduced they've or almost amended Yes. So, like so as as things, as as the you know technology progresses, as culture changes, gay marriage or same sex marriage, um, even even the, when the internet came out, they brought in policies and rules about um, how you should use the internet, and pornography, things like that. Um, but they're when, against pornography, I assume. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, not, yeah. No, they're not. They're, they're not, not sending out a newsletter with no, the no. top sites. <laughs> <laughs> But so so and when you like pornography? <laughs> no. Okay. Because <laughs> it sounds like how do you know? <laughs> it sounded like you were you were about to say they're against pornography, but no, I that was really that was an example. <laughs> I I think we need to clarify something. Um, I think because we're talking about uh, LGBT issues and mm-hmm. the church, um, the position of the church regarding LGBT issues is um, they have now accepted and acknowledge that we are born gay or LGBT. Um, But what they're saying is, it's not a sin to be born LGBT, but the sin is when you act on those LGBT feelings. So what's the the payoff? What's the, the compromise? And the compromise is get married with a woman or stay celibate for the rest of your life. But that's not healthy for anyone. That's not healthy for the woman that ends up with a gay husband. That's that's a whole other thing that we can be talking for years. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the celibate thing, are you, are you? You've left the church, so I'm assuming you're not celibate. No, I'm married, and yeah, quite I happily that. not yeah. celibate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you are in the church. I'm in the church, and you are celibate. So that that is one question that I don't answer. I get asked it a lot, mm-hmm. and whichever way I answer it, there would be uh, people wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. So people within the community wouldn't like it. People within the church wouldn't like it. So that that is one connection. I, I that's one question I keep between myself and God. Okay, but you and have a partner. I, I do have a. Is partner. your partner I met before? Is he Mormon? Yes, he is. Yes. Okay, so you're both from within the church. We're both. He, he's church, still yeah. in the church. Yes. Okay. And we've both been brought up in the church. We're both on the same page, um, within the church as well, and um, both have the same goals, things like that. Um, but yeah, that that is something that we we keep personal between mm. us and. That's God. understandable. Yeah. Where did you meet? What was his name? He's like I met before. At uh, Jed. Jed. Yes. Where did you meet him? We actually met at the very first affirmation conference in London. Okay. Um, just over three years ago now. Um, and that's where myself and Angel met too. Um, 
and that weekend was a life-changing experience where was it held it was held in the uh one of the colleges in kensington in central london okay so this is like the affirmation is the lgbt mormon support group and this is like their comic-con is, is, <laughs> yeah, is, yes. is the first time they came to Europe to do a conference. So it's a worldwide thing. It's, I just yeah. assumed it was just the UK. Yeah, no, no, it's, okay. a, it's, it's, it's an everywhere. Well, it started in Europe. We, yeah. are start, we are the chapter in Europe. Um, is um, There's chapters in South America. There's chapters in America and Canada and all those. Um, it's more, more, at the moment, it's more based in North America because it's, it's where the the headquarters, the cherries, so yeah. that's where more, more, more Mormons. That's where Utah is. Uh, there are more Mormons there than anywhere yeah. else. Um, so the conference is what what they do is they give the open is is a support group, mm-hmm. and the conference are used to be able to bring people together, so they can share their feelings and be themselves and being able to talk about whatever they want to talk. Um, we get people that are in the church outside the church. People that are in the border, they don't know in the you know in the fence, they don't know what to do. Um, there are people that are confused, people that have questions. We go allies, um, people that are straight, but they want to support us and show us, you know, that they they love us and all that. So it's more or less it's like a support group, not only for LGBTs, for LGBT and families, because I was lucky because my family wasn't members of the church. So when I come out, when I come out to them was easier um but when you're a member of the church um when you come out you know doesn't only affect the person that is coming out it affects the family because the family has to answer questions too you know and yeah. um you know they they i don't know it's a question of um your son is gay why is he gay <laughs> kind of well they way. also have to find a way to to connect their faith with, with the fact that the fact, their son yeah. or daughter is Correct. gay or trans. Yeah. Is, it, is it just gays and lesbians and bi's? Where does the church stand with trans people? Um, because, or is that just yeah. too new for them? Because, <laughs> because the issue of transgender um, is very recent. It's been there for years and years. We all know that. Yeah. Right? But it wasn't that visible. And now it's everywhere. It, and it, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's my opinion. It's fantastic. It was time. Um, the church is something a very um, new territory for the church, so they still haven't made uh, policies about it or decisions about it. Um, the last time there was a big movement regarding LGBT issues was when gay marriage was um, authorized or approved in America. Okay. Okay. So the summer it happens. Something similar will happen here in the UK. The churches, all the churches, have to say where they stand on gay marriage mm-hmm. and the Mormon church say we're not gonna do gay marriage and we don't support gay marriage and we are against gay marriage yeah so um, I think as all churches in the world they always stay in these muddled waters until they have to actually put the line oh sorry put the line <laughs> put the line on the sun yeah and um, so with transgender issues at the moment um, I don't think they have in they haven't said too much but I think they will have a problem with it um, in the reason that um, they believe, well, we believe or we're taught that we are created this way and you are created a man, so you shouldn't be changing it to a woman. So kind of thing. What are they... But, oh, sorry, you about to say... There's, there's actually um, a document that came out in, I think it was 1995, where it's called the Proclamation to the World. 
and in this in this document um which is which is perceived as revelation through the prophet of the church so he he sent out this document that states that so who's he uh, the current prophet is president nelson um, so he's so this is the the, the top this is the, show, top the, the person. guy at the top so of... like like the pope like the pope right the pope. okay the mormon so, pope so he right. is <laughs> he is who um who can who communicates with god directly right and he receives revelation for the church itself so he's the middleman for everyone yes okay yes. so we all have our personal yeah. revelation like yeah. like angel said yeah. but for the church he for the church in yeah yeah he so he, he decides because that was going to be my next question okay because you said the there's you know there's amendments and and the, you know the policies yes. who's deciding these policies and what's it being based upon so that would be the prophet and his two assistants right and then there is the twelve apostles which are under the first the first presidency is the three main people at the top and then the twelve the twelve so, apostles are still around they are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they just keep because obviously Jesus had his twelve apostles yeah. and they they did a bit of following yeah so the Mormon Church have what each 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 sorry the normal church as a whole have 12 apostles do they get elected where do they come from they they come from the 70s the 70s yeah Yeah. they were called the 70s 70 70 people that are called the 70 authorities oh i see i thought you meant the 70s like they were walking around with like (laughs) big old afros and bell bottoms we we, we conserve them very well now (laughs) what i mean is it's the structure of the church of the presidency of the church you got the the presidency there is Mm -hmm. the prophet and the two counselors then you have the 12 apostles it's more or less like the apostles (laughs) (laughs) apostles yeah the 12 yeah and then after that after them there's the 70s that are they they are in charge of taking care of different areas of the church and geographically and, geographically and yeah so it's like an organization it is you have the yeah. ceo yeah, and yeah, the area managers yeah. and then okay. from those and 70s uh, yeah from those yes. 70s is where the, the apostles go up i see yeah they're, they're chosen and the 70s are chosen from normal people for the church so there's no there's no election so yeah. the prophet our prophet actually died very recently so a few months ago so there's when that happens there's no no election you know exactly yeah. who the next person is going to be so from, we from from where so that he so there's the 12 apostles and then there's always a head of the 12 apostles and he becomes the next and pope. he becomes the next yeah uh, president, president. Prophet. okay yeah. um, and then he chooses two assistants from the 12 as well right okay okay so so when the prophet dies the first presidency gets dissolved so the two go back to the 12 um and then the head of the 12 goes up to the prophet and he chooses two new counselors and that's the and way it will be i see okay the 70s go up to the postals and, yeah. you know. are they always blokes are they always men yes what role do women have in the religion then if they can't go that high up so so they they have a woman's organization within the church called the Relief Society. Um, so they, there is a president of that society with her two counselors. Um, also, the, the primary program is one, uh, run by women. Um, and What's the, the primary program? So the primary program is when you're like zero to 12. Oh, like primary age. school. Sorry, okay. yes, so, yeah. Like Mormon school. Yes, Mormon okay. school, yeah. So they, they look after that organization. And then there is the Young Women's Organization too, <laughs> which is from 12 to 18 um, young women so they are they are the the main areas that the 
the women run within the church. But they would never be allowed to run the entire church. No. Not yet. yet. Are you hopeful that that will (laughs) change as well? That was it. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. So it's very male-led. Which is not unusual for a religion, to be honest. Yeah, that is very like true. I don't think we'll ever see a female pope. Yeah, yeah. Well, we or... don't have we don't have um, female priests in the Catholic Church either. Not, yeah, no, you don't. It's, the church. Got... it's the church of England and Church of England. Okay, true. Yeah. But no, Catholic Church. So I don't know about what about Jews. Do they have not women in, rabbi? It, it depends what what level of Judaism, but there are female yeah. rabbis. Female rabbis. Yeah, okay. but in the very liberal end. Yes. And you can have okay. not know, the orthodox lesbian and gay rabbis, but oh, okay. the orthodox, no, they don't even they no. They, God, God no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that's going back to um where the policies come from, yeah. the the rule changes, that's where it comes from. It comes from the first presidency and the twelfth. So the fifth the fifteen men, they bring in the new policies. Well when things happen. Yeah. So the most recent policy that created a lot of um Oh, upheaval change was was the policy where a same-sex couple with children uh, those children aren't allowed to be baptized in the church until they're 18 when they can make their own decisions how old would they normally be baptized eight, eight. eight. yeah so there's that 10 years later does that not make you angry that that your religion the one that you want to stay at the one that you value a lot and you put a lot of time and effort in make these rules that are discriminatory against you based on your your sexuality so this policy came out on the 5th of november 2015 i was lying in bed talking to jed jed's from the states so and okay. um, we were in a long distance relationship so um, and i was talking to him and i noticed something pop up on facebook and I read it and I was like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. That's, that's not true. That's just uh, fake news, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning so I could uh, talk to Jed um, again. And by that time, Facebook had exploded with um, this new policy that got leaked from the church. So oh, they haven't wow. actually announced it yet. It got leaked with within. How modern, <laughs> indeed. Um, and it was my newsfeed. That was literally my newsfeed from members of the church, from my friends, from everywhere. It just it, it it that was an extraordinary week because everybody was talking about it. Whether they were a black and white Mormon, you know, straight down the line to people, you know, everyone was talking about it. And I remember just sitting there. And I just cried for an hour because I was like, it, it sort of, it, it destroyed a little bit of my future because I wanted, I wanted a, a partner, husband, um, and I wanted to adopt, adopt children. I wanted to bring those children up in the church, How, you know, if it was healthy for, for them to do so. Um, and also something that was put in that policy was that if you marry um, as a same-sex marriage, then you are apostate. You are what? Apostate. Um, apostate is you get um, straight away excommunicated from the church. You cannot be a member of the church if you are in a same-sex marriage, and that's what they call an apostate. Apostate is somebody that goes against um, the rules. Yeah, you're direct. Okay. You're directly going against the, the church. church. So you are immediately expelled yeah yeah so so the rules are there in black and white about same-sex marriage within the church 
Um, so that, as I said, destroyed a little bit of my future because... Within I, the church. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I knew if I got married to somebody that I knew exactly what would happen. In a way, some people that we've talked to, it clarified it. Yeah, and they Be- found freedom yeah, out of it. absolutely. And they went your way. Uh, my way they was, um, when the policy came out, I, I think I was already married. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, was, I, I married my partner in 2000. No, it was 2016, no, it after. after. Yeah. So I was, I was already planned to get married anyway. Yeah. Um, and when the policy came out and they said, um, my partner is no Mormon. He's, he's not no, Mormon. No, he's no Mormon. Okay. He, doesn't, he doesn't even believe. He's it. a train driver. He's a train driver, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say for who because that will be another <laughs> podcast about it. But anyway. <laughs> um, so he's no Mormon and he doesn't believe in God much and he gets freaked out sometimes when I get too religious. Anyway, um, when the policy came out, I didn't mind too much about when they said, if you're married with another man, you're an apostate because they have called us worse yeah. things. <laughs> I heard worse. But you you're, you're removed. I mean, you've yeah, been in the I church removed, for 23 but, but, years. But you feel, yeah, but the thing is, it was like, um, what it hurt me or it made me, I was angry, um, was the idea of... Um, those kids were being, I wouldn't say punished, but they were being stopped from doing something that they like or they want to do yeah. just because of their parents and not because of the kid. Um, and we always believe in the church that the sins of the father will never, are not the sins of the kids. You know, like they don't, the kids don't pay for the sins of the fathers. Yes. So um, what is it? You, it is. you're not punished for Adam's sins. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So because of that, I didn't understood why the church now was saying these kids cannot be baptized until they are 18 because then they were adults to make their own decisions. But one of the decisions that they have to make is they have to reject in a way, no reject, I don't know the word. A disavow. Disavow their parents' relationship marriage. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So again, <laughs> how how can you as a as a, as a, a gay man stay within the church and be you know a how can you stay how I'm kind of speechless about this but how can you stay in the church and and sort of in a way by staying validate those sort of policies and do these sort of policies sort of edge you further towards leaving when that policy came out that was the closest. I, I was to leaving. Um, and I think since that point, um, talking to people afterwards, uh, going to church that Sunday was very difficult because I knew everyone was talking about it. And I, it was just, that's all I was thinking about for that whole week. Um, and it brought the best out of people and the worst out of people. So I've never received so many messages that week. People wanting to talk to me, for example, just, just to talk themselves. Um, people asking if I was okay. Is there anything I can do for you? I'm, I'm there for you. I want to support you. So it brought out all that. So it brought out allies from all over the place that we never knew existed. It also um, brought out a lot of honesty from people because they believed that. That was that, that was great. They, they wanted that to come out because it, it clarified it for them. Um, and there was people they were they were in support of that new policy yeah yeah oh absolutely there was some people in the church who who thought that was the way to do it It wasn't fair to put you know a child through that to make them have to to go through the the church program 
thinking, oh, I've got two dads, but the church is teaching me this. So, you know, it's almost... Oh, so they saw it as a positive yes, to yes. protect so the some kid. People, okay. Yeah, they did, yeah. That's the I mean, the, the solution is very simple, isn't it? <laughs> just accept gay people because right, doesn't yes. it un- doesn't it undermine the the religion when you start chopping and changing and bending the rules ever so slightly if they're suddenly saying well we can accept under these circumstances but we can't accept under these and one of the fundamental things is that you know you're not punished for adam's sins so if you yeah. suddenly bring in a policy that says you are going to be punished for adam's sins mm. Doesn't that completely undermine is there, everything? There, I, if you look at from the point, their point of view, it's like they're saying they're protecting the kid because, um, as Aaron said, the kid will be listening in the church teachings about against homosexuality, against mm. uh, uh, transgender, whatever. They will be learning, listening to all these, and they will be like, "Well, my parents are together, so are they sinners? Are they?" So he says that the kid is confused, but. Um, for me, it's more like, okay, the kid might be confused by that. Is he, is he going to be more confused when he's told that he cannot be baptized like all his friends are because mm. his parents are sinners or because his parents are... Um, my question was, the first question that I have is like, who's going to tell the kids? Yeah. Is it going to be the parents that are going to have to tell their kid that, sorry, you cannot be baptized with your friends? But <sighs> even, it still doesn't make any sense. They're still going to hear about all the policies and all, all yes, the um, yes. all the news, whether they're baptized or, or not. not. Yeah. So it makes so no it, difference. Yeah, it, it, doesn't sounds... make, it doesn't make sense the way. Yeah. Um, as Aaron said, the policy was leaked and I think they were ready to deal with the whole... They weren't ready. No. They weren't. Was there a massive I don't think the, po- I don't think the policy was supposed... Was it supposed to be as public as it became? Mm-hmm. And that was, well, throw everything and then they have to patch up. Who was the whistleblower? We, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Wow, so, you've got your own Mormon Edward Snowden. <laughs> Edward Mormon. But the, the way it came out was very new for the church because it was the first time this had happened to them. Um, and in, in this day and age, I mean, with social media, you everything's everywhere. You know, you, yeah. get, uh, you get information so quickly. You can't stop it. No, so if this had happened like even 10 years ago, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Uh-huh. But because it got leaked and everyone shared it, for or against and it took it took a while for the church to actually even give out a statement because they were so unprepared for it um and they had to give out quite a few statements and just just to explain it too because the way it came out as well wasn't um maybe explained um exactly how they wanted it either so as i said it was an extraordinary week for so many things it's the the policies remained Yes. yes Um, the, the thing is that you're asking Aaron why he stays in the church and that's a, a personal decision mm. um, I was before the policy I was starting to go to church again Sundays I was going tend to you know like trying it to see how I felt because yeah. I have always me- missed the the community that the going to church on Sundays brings and the the spirituality of it and the whole thing so I always have missed that from my life for a long time so I thought okay I might be able to go back now and then the policy came out and um, my first decision was like, well, I don't know if I want to go to church anymore. <laughs> but the other thing that made me think is about, okay, I'm listening to this, but I'm 40-something years old, man. I have heard anything in the world, you know, I've been called You've different names. I've been I, there, I, done that, yeah. Yes. But I was thinking, if I was the 12-year-old or the 13-year-old that was having these gay feelings, that they didn't know exactly what to do with them or what they were, and then I hear 
that the prophet of the church has said you can get married because you will be excommunicated from a church that you have been going since you are born, where all your family is going, or your friends, or your parents and uncles, your whole family is in that church. You're going to be thrown out. And then, not only that, it's like if you have any kids, but you're gay, your kids will be punished. Uh, it made me think about how many more people is going to be affected by this policy yeah. and how much more affirmation was needed now more than ever. So I'm not going to church, but I'm in touch with through affirmation with people and all that. And I think, yes, the policy is, is, is harsh, but it has made clear what our work as affirmation is. We have to be there for those kids that when they are 15, 16, and they don't see where where their life is going, where, where was the path for them. Affirmation is there just to say, you know what, uh, we're here, we can listen to you. So don't feel like you're not, don't have anybody to talk to because affirmation is here so you can talk. It, it's this kind of issue. Do you find that those those kids who are in the church and are part of affirmation, that affirmation helps them find a way to balance it all out? Some of them, you know, I think that comes with age. As When you are 16, um, you really don't know what you want in your life. Yeah. The only thing you know is that um, everybody's saying you have to do the mission and you have to get married, you have to have kids. And then you get to the point where you're saying like, but I cannot marry a woman because I don't love women. I don't want to be with a woman. I want to be, but you cannot be with a man. So there is a lot of questions and a lot of confusion. And at least in, in affirmation, they can talk about those uh, without feeling that, they're going to be judged about it. Yeah. Right. They can express those things. The problem is if you don't express those things, you, as I, I said before, you can go to a very dark place because you don't have anybody to talk to about, uh -huh. you know, they feel the same than you and all that. So I think affirmation helps them in a way that even if it's just on a Facebook group, because we go Facebook groups that are secret. Yeah. So only members can join. And yeah. Only members. That's safe. And, yeah, so they're safe there to say whatever they want to say and to say whatever they want to feel. And we got people that go on those and say, well, I'm not feeling very good today. I'm not, you know, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And, that. and there's always a lot of people that will send messages and say, you know, Lord. So, yeah, I think the support group is needed. Um, Does the church recognize the support group? So Does we, it recognize affirmation? We do. We have dialogue with the church. Yeah. Um, so once a year, um, because... The Affirmation is like a worldwide organization. And um, so with its like headquarters, if you like, in Utah, because wherever the church is big, Affirmation's big because, you know, there's more gay Mormons or LGBT Mormons where the church has more members. Yeah. And um, so we, we meet once a year with uh, the, public, the public affairs department of the church. Um, and we, we have dialogue with them and just tell them what we're doing. Um, we share our personal experiences with them just so so they know what's going on within the community as well yeah. um but i think i think with affirmation the, the first time that i went um to that london conference we all sat there in a room together there was probably like 30 of us or whatever it was and people started sharing their experiences and i can't explain to you what that felt like because I'd never heard, like, I, I didn't know Angel. We were sat maybe opposite each other. And I, and all these other people were sharing experiences. And I could start relating to people. And that was amazing because I'd never done that before. 
um, you know, I thought I could be the only gay Mormon in the country. I, I had no idea any of anybody else felt that way. And they were saying things. I was like, oh, I feel like that. And oh, I've done that. And oh, it was amazing. So by the, and then to share my own experience with a group of people who didn't judge me at all and supported me and loved me. And it was such a a liberating experience because I'd found a, a community that accepted my Mormonism and my, my, gayness or <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call it so it was an amazing eureka moment for oh, you absolutely and and that was that was why i said it was a life-changing weekend because i was like it's brought my two worlds together and even opened up new friends new communities sort of in between those two worlds um, and i think that's what we do in affirmation where people come to us who want to leave the church um and you know we, we will we will support people in whatever journey they're on where, yeah, wherever we, where they're at we even get um lgbt people that are non-members or and they are investigating the church and they come to us for answers about homosexuality and all that in the church um for advice about what to do with the whole because you know so we 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 get a lot of different people and that's uh, that's what make affirmation what it is and um as aaron said the, the, the conference at uh, the same wait that um, was for him it was for me but for me um was the, i was in a room with another 29 men or yeah. women and, yeah. and they were all talking about being gay and they were talking about god and they were talking about religion and they were laughing about it <laughs> they, were, they were actually serious so for me it was like wow i it was the first time in 20 something years that i was able to to say i'm gay and I believe in God. And that was liberating for me too. And it was difficult. And one thing is, um, when I met my, my husband, we were together for two years before I told him that I was a Mormon. How did he react? Um, he's not religious at all. And uh, I think he scares him a little bit. You know, like, yeah. kind of, you're a religious nut. Are you going to be <laughs> Bible bashing people and things like that? So it was a bit... He, he was supportive because he's a very, very good person. He's so very supportive. And um, when the conference came to London, I told him, oh, the Mormons are there. I told him that the gay Mormons are coming. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, you have to go. And he bought me the ticket to go to the conference. I said, yeah, I buy the ticket, you go. And he was very supportive. And he knows how important affirmation is for me. Um, he asked me the same questions that you have asked tonight, like, why do you want to stay in the church? Nothing want you. Why do you want to study the church that treats kids like that? Sometimes I find it very difficult to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's answers that I'm still searching for. But as I said, I think the job, the work that we do on affirmation, because with the policy and the whole thing, um, there's a lot of kids that are going to be hiding again and trying not to say anything just in case. And... Um, I think affirmation is about empowering who you are. It doesn't matter what everybody else is around saying to you that you should be. It's about empowering who you are, who you should be. And helping people to get to make the decisions to either stay in the church, leave the church, marry, not marry. It's helping people to to mature, to, to make the decisions through our own experience. We never tell people what they have to do. We never say to them, like, 
uh, this is what you have to do, just leave the church or don't get married or, or stay in the church. We never say that. I said, this is what I did. This is my experience. And this is why I made the decision. And at least those kids listening to those experiences, when they experience the same thing, they can say, well, actually, this person had that experience and they acted in a different way. So it prepares them for things that are going to happen because, as Aaron said, Mormon kids are very sheltered. They live in communities that are mo mostly Mormons. They go to schools that are Mormon schools. Everybody's Mormon. That then they don't know much about the world. And if you're a 16-year-old, that you don't know much about the world, and then you come out as gay, and you go into the world, you know how the gay world is. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they can be very, very much unprepared to what they're going to find out there. And that can create a lot more problems than staying in the church. So it's that kind of, we cannot hide it under the, under the rug anymore. So you're completely honest about both sides of it all. Yeah. Do you see a time when the church will be 100% accepting of LGBT plus people? Um, I have I have hope that that would be the case one day. Um, I think if it, if it ever is to happen, it will take time. Um, they they I mean, uh, you know, when uh, twenty three years ago, when Angel was talking to his leaders, it has changed since then. Um, around the party after the party, I can't quite remember. They the church brought out a website that is an official church website specifically for. Um, I'd say the the lesbian and gay community within the church. Um, so it's called mormonandgay.org. So and it, the two missionaries that I bumped into ah, during the week gave ah, me that. They gave you that. Yeah. And that. And that's good because when that came out, there were so many people within the church who didn't think it was real, who didn't think that it was an official church website. Um, so just the fact that people now know it's an official website has made a difference mm. already so i think it's going to take steps like that to so get things it, are heading in the right direction yeah it's going to take it's going to take time we might we might not see in our lifetime but i think it will change um because one thing that um, for me the mormon church has is heart and even that is now it's all very confusing with the policies and all that i know the members the members um are the the, the ones that are going to change anything is going to be the members of the church. The, the, to, for this to be accepted, it has to be a, a culture change. There has to be um, a, spirit, a spiritual change kind of way. Um, and I think it's the members, uh, there are straight members, not the gay members, but the straight members are the ones who's going to change this. And as I said, I think that the church has heart. And I think um, as these issues come out and they, they are discussed more and more and they get to understand a little bit more about the, the things that it is. Because I think sometimes um, religion look at homosexuality from a very weird point of view. It's they, very traditional, isn't it? Yeah they, yeah, they 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 focus too much on the sexual side of it. And uh, they don't realize that um, the sexual side of it is, is like 5% of it. It's, the rest is about human communication, sharing feelings, um, finding someone to share your life with and even bringing kids up, you know, things like that. So until they understand a little bit more about who we are as LGBT and as an LGBT community, 
I don't think there's going to be much change, but as little by little, they, they are learning the same way that we are learning. Uh, the only thing is we want them to learn quicker. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I got the hope that there will be a time. That's why we are still with affirmation. And I think that's why I are still in church. And I was, I was just going to say that maybe another one of my reasons is uh, to be seen in church. Because if I, at my young 16-year-old self, had seen somebody else you know, a guy with his boyfriend at church, I'd, it would give me hope for the future. It's a really powerful image, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people have come up to me and Jed and said to us, because, I mean, we check in at church every now and then for Christmas and things like that. Yeah. And people have come to us and said, you know, thank you for for doing that. Thank you for being there. Because because there, there are so many people within the church who who are not, how haven't come out yet. They're, they're hiding, they're, they're there. And I think... They confided in you some of them have yes yes so some of them have like just spoken to me or somebody who who just can't talk to anybody else some sometimes i don't even know who they are they're just you know they just contact me but oh what, anonymously yeah, yeah anonymously yeah um because yeah. I, I mean i remember that feeling where i didn't want anyone to know at all but now i'm completely open about it you know very very content quite happy where, with where i am so it's a good time for me to to still be in there because it's not affecting me. Um, I, I mean, I hear things at church that irritate me, um, but luckily that irritation goes very quickly and I'm able to carry on. And I'm not saying that's, that's right for everybody, it really isn't. But for me, at this moment in time, and for you know the future to come, while it's healthy for me to be in there, then I, w- I will stay in there you know, for myself, but also just to give that little bit of hope to others. Where can people get hold of Affirmation if they want to? So the, the main the main contact in Europe would be um, through Facebook. And so um, Affirmation Europe um, on Facebook. If you go to affirmation.org, which is the international website, that will direct you to um, all the different countries. I think that's how I got hold of you, Angel. Uh-huh. You're on the website, aren't yeah, you? I think, yeah, I think you saw us in, on Pride. And then you saw I saw our, you on Pride, yeah. With the, the, with the, the yes. website. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's got my name from, yeah. Yes. Or, or people just, the main reason people find us is if they, they just type in LGBT Mormons and affirmations yeah. usually popped up at the top. That's, that's how we, we all do. <laughs> that, that's we, how a lot of people find I think it. I think most of us, you hear this a lot in affirmation meetings, like I got to a point where I was thinking I cannot be the only gay Mormon. So I went onto the internet, I, I typed gay Mormon and I found affirmation. <laughs> if you want to see the photographs that I have shot of Angel and Aaron, head to www.sftl.photos. We always end with a quiz. Let's see how knowledgeable you are on Mormons. Oh, wow. <laughs> how many Mormons are there worldwide? Oh, um, I would say currently um, 17 million. It's about that. It's about 15 million. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Where did you left the other 2 million? <laughs> um, Mormon founder Joseph Smith is reported to have had multiple wives, but what was the name of his first? Oh, Emma. Emma Smith. Emma Smith. Emma. Well, Emma yeah. <laughs> the name was Emma. <laughs> what was her maiden name? Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't I know. I can't remember. I only, I only know her as uh, Emma, Emma Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's Bidemon. 
right. Oh, wow. How many number one singles has famous Mormon Donny Osmond had? <laughs> oh, come on. Um, um, come on, this is, this is Mormon 101. That's is it, teacher on the first day. World, world number ones or just USA number ones? UK uh, number one? World, worldwide number ones. Uh, I would I, say about 15. I'd say 10. Only three? Oh, no Only way. three? Donny <laughs> Osmond, you have to do better. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, proud Mormon, is the author of which enormously successful series of books? <laughs> I love them. I know. It's, it's um, Edward. Um, Twilight. Twilight. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on. You call you... yourself a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> you said it before. Who is the current president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? President Nelson. What's his first name? president <laughs> <laughs> i'll accept that uh guys this has been brilliant and really really interesting really informative thank you for being so open this is how we end the podcast i've been robert gershenson i'm angela rocha and i'm aaron mcmanus we'll shoot you later mm-hmm.